Welcome, everyone, as Fantastic Geek Talks the DCU. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Happy Rebirth, Pete. (laughs) Happy Rebirth to you, Matt, and to all our listeners here today to discuss uh, what James Gunn and Peter Safran are doing to reboot uh, DC as far as a film television and game universe really align those matt james gunn a really logical choice you know somebody who's done work marvel dc for my money the most watchable dc film in the suicide squad something i can continue to go back to and the brilliance on both sides that he's straddled here with guardians of the galaxy and with the suicide squad and also with peacemaker that if you haven't watched, get on that, um, taking characters that are pretty obscure and really elevating them to household names. Indeed, turning coal into diamonds. And we'll talk about some of those, diamond characters in a moment do just want to recap that yesterday we did our podcast for indiana jones and the temple of doom which was a a lot of fun at some point between now and indiana jones and the dial of destiny we'll be talking last crusade and apparently the fourth movie uh, as well matt hates the kingdom of the crystal skull i'm a fan it should be an interesting discussion when we get to it that's when we have a soft point in our schedule matt given that things are about to crank up for us after a little bit of a fallow time we've been uh filling with some of the original trilogy of star wars and also these first two indiana jones movies because we've got star trek picard season three in the offing here less than two weeks away now Our final preview podcast will come your way next Saturday, February 11th. Terry Matalas has been talking, introducing the USS Titan A crew, the next, next generation. Indeed, uh, they're, they're doing a great job, I think, getting word out there about Picard Season 3 and Terry Matalas, certainly a force on social media having some of those discussions pete he had uh, quote tweeted somebody talking about uh you know for my money while i wait till picard season three you can't beat battlestar galactica he had said yes i had replied and in your honor pete i said if seven is an angel just give us a heads up pete i got the like from terry Madalus, so there we are we're on his phone if only for the briefest of moments uh we're on his phone in recorded uh, form like this anyway but uh we'll be bringing you uh picard in our normal star trek sundays slot that's because we got those star wars saturdays in the offing as well indeed uh the mandalorian season three returns march 1st we'll be podcasting that on star wars saturdays so that first saturday in march march 4th uh, is when those discussions will be happening and uh really looking forward to the opportunity to have mandalorian and picard side by side it'll make for some busy weekends but you know we're here to play uh, so pete we got star trek we got star wars any other uh major labels on our radar as well 
it's been kind of a soft spot as well. We don't have a uh, date yet on the next uh, Marvel series, Secret Invasion. Uh, hopefully by the Super Bowl, they'll announce that. But we do have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania hitting on uh, we'll be attending the screening on Thursday, February 16th. We're going to bring that podcast to you on President's Day on Monday, the 20th of February. Oh, forces of Marvel out there. Mando and Picard run out April 19th and 18th, uh, and April 20th, respectively. Uh, why don't we not have Secret Invasion start until after uh, April 19th? That would be yeah, really, really please, great. Please. <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to do some, not all at once. Uh, and it's just been the quirk in our schedule that uh, we have not had that. I mean, definitely been enjoying you know, watching a lot of things in here, but, uh, you know, the, the talking up of it and then, you know, a lot of people asked, Oh, would we do the last of us? And then, you know, that that's overlapping with all these others, you know, we gotta, we gotta somehow, uh, eat and bathe and, and do other things as well. Well, Pete, let's bring it back to our central discussion today. As many people know, James Gunn and his producing partner, Peter Safran were hired this past October as the co-CEOs of the new DC Studios label at Warner Brothers. So out is the sometimes named DCEU and in is the DCU. Really smart, I think, to do that. Let's remember, too, the DCEU was kind of this fan-slapped-on moniker in the advent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And again, I just think Gunn makes too much sense. And look at this guy's ascension from, you know, doing Troma, uh, Tromeo and, and Juliet, to Slither, to, you know, becoming a force in Marvel, to having that all taken away from him in an instant because of tweets he intentionally left up to show you can make poor decisions uh, and they should have consequences and they shouldn't be deleted, uh, that you should acknowledge your lousy sense of humor at times. Um, and then uh, getting the third guardians taken away, albeit temporarily, getting lured over to DC, making that excellent The Suicide Squad film, following it up with a spinoff series with John Cena's Peacemaker. And I think DC, it was a super easy decision. Hey, let's, let's look at somebody who's had this experience, who's worked with Kevin Feige. We want to be like them. And listen, you know, we make no bones about our our Marvel bias. It's, it's a big piece. It was the first piece of what fantastic geek did as far as agents of shield and everything that spread out of that. But, you know, we love these characters the way James Gunn loves these characters, characters, Superman and Batman and wonder woman and all these other ones that haven't yet popped up. You know, I'm super game for swamp thing going back to those, you know, original Swamp Thing movies. And I really want to see a take that he's involved in helping to run this universe. So I think he is the ideal choice to do this. You need to do nothing more than watch the little video he posted with this slate 
And the idea too, it's not so much in that video, but he's talked about it elsewhere. They're not going to be beholden to tentpole dates that this movie comes out on this date, hell or high water, you know, as a writer, as a director, uh, he mentioned it a little bit in that video, but not explicitly. They're really going to make sure they get those third acts right. So often those films begin without the third act finished in a comprehensive way. And I think that's a win for everybody. I'll add to that. It, hearing his words and Peter Safran's words about having a unified DCU, having a unified experience from tv to film and as you say pete to video games as well um it kind of was like all of a sudden i was looking at what was for dc films uh, with new eyes because you know we all know kind of the genesis of less expensive tv shows made in canada arrowverse etc and i've never been a huge fan of those shows but they certainly have their devoted audience it is weird that like none of those people ever like it was just it was just known that none of those people would ever even sniff a movie set as those characters um and even with the the major crossover event that uh the cw shows did uh, a couple years ago where all of a sudden cw flash and movie flash for the briefest moment crisscross some of the ezra ezra miller uh behavior concerns aside it's a super powerful moment because what have we always wanted, even pre-Marvel Studios? What have we always wanted for all these characters to be together in some way? Some of the best razzle-dazzle moments in the worst comic book movie ever, question mark, the George Clooney Batman. You know, when he says, this is why Superman works alone and they don't have those problems in Metropolis. You kind of go, yeah, it is. That's all you want is one kind of big connection there. Mm -hmm. So the notice that, or the notion rather, the gun and saffron um, are... Not not wiping the slate clean entirely. This is not a full reboot, but that they are setting up in this first chapter, uh, in this first you know portion here, entitled Chapter One of Gods and Monsters, that they're really they're going to do something, and widely assumed to be assumed to be the Ezra Miller, Miller Flashpoint. They will be able to say we keep this, we get rid of that. There's this, there's that. Whether it's a universe split or a you know insert whatever kind of comic crisis, to be able to say. It is weird. It is weird to have so much separation from the get-go. Even Pete, and we'll get to this in a little bit, even as they are making out pockets for there to be separations when that makes sense. The blatant, if not patent, mismanagement of these characters and these properties, um, it needed to be fixed. It was awful. And I still have not watched the Black Adam movie matt and i haven't watched it because they were using henry cavill's post-credit scene to get people to go see it it was the worst kept secret in hollywood okay and then what was it weeks after that yeah cavill's out again like <laughs> talk about a a pendulum of the worst kind back and forth and back and forth here. The dude has now given up uh witcher because he was going to go back to Superman. They're bringing me back and now he's given up Superman. So now he's without both of them. Um, 
Yeah, it it's a mess. The whole thing with Affleck and, you know, that Batman uh, portion of their universe moving forward. And then we get into all the Snyderverse nonsense. Okay. My, my favorite, my peak DCEU moment was seven minutes of Batman, Bruce Wayne riding a horse in the frozen wilderness. I think in part one of the four part uh, Justice League miniseries, um, you know, that they only greenlit in a pandemic. Oh, what do we have that we can get some mileage out of? One of the the bright points here, Pete, is this James Gunn quote. One of our strategies is to take our diamond characters, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and we use them to prop up other characters that people don't know. I mean, that's Guardians of the Galaxy in a mm-hmm. nutshell. Um, and... That's his brand, man. That's that's what he does. You know, he's he's even helped to do that outside of the MCU. Uh, what was the Superman-ish? Uh, the, the kid is evil instead of uh, good story. We went and saw that his, like, cousin uh, directed. Yeah, it's not called Red Sun, but it's something... It's it, it's something like that. I mean, yeah. and ultimately forgettable. But what they were trying to do was was build a universe outside of, you know, uh, that character, and it's connected to some of the other films that those guys have done. But he he's the guy here. He really is. And uh, my only concern with all of this, um, you know, when is James Gunn at his best? He is at his best at his writing desk and he's at his best behind the camera. And my concern is that running a universe now is going to take him away from that best destiny. Yeah. It helps to have a writer director in that seat, but you know, at the end of the day, there's still only 24 hours for him. So, you know, is it, is it going to split him in too many directions? Well, as a prelude to the slate that Gunn and Safran unveiled, uh, we might not be in a rush. We might not be running to see Ezra Miller's Flashpoint. Uh, I think particularly as Ezra Miller as as a person behaving with other people and so forth is still kind of getting sorted out and so forth. But the movie is coming at a perfect time. Fine, Gunn says it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. I'll treat that as hyperbole until... Until right. uh, you know, until I see it, but it is coming at a perfect time. It'll be that chance to reset what was, to figure out what stays, and to set up what will be. Um, I know that the release date of Flashpoint has been pushed back, um, as with a lot of things. So again, the fact that it's coming this summer, it's it's at a perfect time to tinker. And if you're going to have a post credit scene that sets up the DCU things to come, or or if you go in and re-edit and say goodbye, Ben Affleck, Batman, as the time particles take you, or whatever it might be, here's where you can do it. Right, and Gunn uh, spoke this week too about Ezra Miller and how they have really committed to recovery and rehabilitation here. The only problem I have with this, 
given all the stuff that, you know, Miller has been accused of and, you know, a lot of bad behavior is that you're still pushing forward with this Flashpoint movie. Um, but the Batgirl movie can never see the light of day. And I can't square that. Um, you know, the thing I saw this week, it wasn't a statement attributed to Gunn, but it was essentially like the Batgirl movie can never come out. It would hurt us. Um, you mean stuff that's come out before hasn't hurt you? <laughs> stuff that may still come out hasn't hurt you? Um, I just have a very hard time believing that. There's a million ways to put it out. You put it out on HBO Max, whatever you do. And, you know, there's a lot of talented people uh, associated with that production. Matt, you know, you look at Adil L. Arby and Bilal uh, who were uh, on Moon Knight, okay? And what a great production that was and how much fun we had watching and covering that. And you're really telling me that this Batgirl movie can never see the light of day? Well, I know from a business and accounting perspective, it it, it can't see the light of day because it's this one-time merger tax thing where you could say damaged goods, immediate write-off of $90 million. I don't understand the financial particulars, but from a business end, that's what that's what was said months ago. I know that within the last week, Gunn and Safran have said not just that, you know, um, it would have hurt the DC brand. Um, they have said, you know, a lot of talented people made that movie. It's not a good movie. So... I guess I'll take Gunn at his word there. I mean, if it sometimes projects don't gel, and if this project didn't gel for a variety of reasons, that's a real shame. Um, do I want to watch something that 20 minutes in, I'm like, oof, what a stinker. Um, or, or worse, is there perhaps the corporate fear that it's such a stinker that some of the active tweeters who have been at dc's doorstep already maybe their conclusion will be this is why diverse doesn't work um so if if the batgirl film is taking a bullet because it's not very good i mean that's a shame but you know i pete i guess we can just we can just look to the future for better and better stuff restore the air cut am i right matt i know this the first uh, movie on the list here in the DCU. It's going to take a while, Pete, to not say DCEU, even though that was, <laughs> it's not officially part of. Actually. Yeah, that's not our official name, says person who was quoted a week earlier saying DCEU. But I digress, Pete. First movie on the list here Superman Legacy. This is going to be written by Gunn, who may direct. Uh, it'll be the kickoff of the DCU. It focuses on the balance of him being Kryptonian and human uh, tentative release date, July 11th, 2025. And as you said, Pete Cavill, not to be back. They're going to be casting a younger Superman uh, in a movie that, you know, imagines him in his twenties, not his uh, late thirties and so forth. Well, they, they got the writer you want, um, you know, will he direct? I think he probably will, um, you know, and I think he'll understand that, uh, you introduce uh, Clark Kent as a journalist 
in a scene before the final scene in the film, not just walking into the biggest newspaper in Metropolis and, hey, I'm a I'm reporter guy. Uh, so he'll get the characters, unlike what we've witnessed before in Man of Steel. Uh, now it all hinges on who you cast as Superman, and that's going to be the real guessing game for the next couple of years. I thought really interesting and thoughtful as well that, you know, animation, live action, they're going to have all these actors uh, do both when the character appears in both. Um, so I, I thought a, a real commitment there, that's something that, you know, has been done on a limited level on the Marvel side, you know, for instance, Clark Gregg has done Coulson in the films and on TV and then also in animation. Um, but you know, on the, on the bigger level with the more marquee names, and that's not a dig at, you know, Clark Gregg, who's been on our podcast here with us, but, uh, I, I think it's a real commitment by gun to do that and you know to build that into contracts and smart too as you know he's going to bring in his versions of those diamond characters as you mentioned before perhaps pete cavill at age 39 let me this way i had the displeasure this past weekend to watch enola holmes which is a completely forgettable movie and cavill is you know a supporting player in it but when he walks on screen in Enola Holmes, it's like, and you know, it's which takes place in the 1800s, and he's Sherlock Holmes, and he's you know using his natural British accent and so forth. He walks in, you just go, "Yep, Superman. That's Superman." Like not because I have great affinity for his Superman films. He just walks on screen. You go, "That's this guy should be a superhero." Or gee whiz, Pete at age 39. I wonder if there's some sort of british character that he could play for the next 10 or 15 years another iconic character maybe searching to cast the next iteration of him we'll we'll see on that one but um next on the list here is the authority which is a movie about extreme superheroes some good some bad you know it's the whole you want them on the wall you need them on the wall but do they also scare you shades i mean this is not a super well-known property shades i think of Suicide Squad yes. and Shades of Guardians. I know yeah. this. You can't. The particular um, compendium of the Authority that that was referenced uh, by Gunn and Saffron now completely sold out, and DC Comics racing to 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 print more because people now want to take a look at the Authority. Yeah, and I'm excited about this because he's excited about this and the skill set that he brings with characters like this. And how smart a strategy this is. Yeah, everybody knows Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Okay. But Matt, lest we forget, you know, let's let's flash back 15 years ago. Tony Stark Iron Man was not a platinum diamond character. This was a fairly obscure character in comic history, as was a Nick Fury. Okay, and now they're household names. I mean, ditto even I remember walking out of the first Avengers movie where there's the reveal of purple guy and me being like, do you know who that is, Pete? Right. Like, I guess we have to look that up. And I think I think the, I believe your response was like, his name is Thanos, but I don't really know much more. Like and again, Thanos now, you know, known the world over and then some. 
So it's it's all about good characters and good stories, not how soon can we get to the next Justice League Justice League team up? Oh, and it needs to be in two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the authority is in really, really great hands as he's ushering it in the brave and the bold, uh, this version of Batman, uh, different from the Robert Pattinson Batman. And we will now know which is which because a smart cookie like James Gunn has figured out with the branding how that's going to go on. Yes, stuff taking place outside the DCU is going to be carrying the branding over from the comics, which will be DC Elseworlds. I think using the Elseworlds, using Elseworlds as a sub-label makes a ton of sense because it lets you do, as in the comics, lets you do things that are outside continuity. I do, like, I enjoyed Pattinson's Batman movie, the Matt Reeves Batman, The Batman. I enjoyed it so, so very much. Part of me does say, well, why can't why can't it be both? Or why can't that be, why can't the Batman, the Pattinson Batman movies, why can't they continue to be three-hour R-rated, you know, slightly darker movies, but then have him be a slightly, you know, let's say a not R-rated serial killer, chasing a serial killer kind of thing. Um, Gunn has made a choice. Uh, certainly I'll respect it. I mean, it makes me worry that, that the Batman part two, the the Robert Pattinson sequel, that maybe that's just going to be it. And sorry, guys, good outing, good box office, good critical stuff and so forth, but we're not we're not going to move forward. Um, I will say, Pete, as this search now, there's, there's also the search for the next Batman. Um, saw a really great take, I think it was on The Hollywood Reporter, reminding us, uh, Pete, do you know who voices Batman in the previously existing, so not DCU, not Gun Saffron era, do you know who voices Batman in a DC-branded Batman fictional podcast? No. Winston Duke, who, Ooh. if you're saying, guess what? We're going to shake things up a little bit. We're not going to automatically assume that the Diamond characters look exactly the way they did in the 1930s. And if, again, nothing wrong with the Pattinson films, nothing wrong with this. Before. Everything in that, in that Batman movie is wonderful. But if you're maybe going to get me a Winston Duke playing Bruce Wayne and Batman, I'm ready for that a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I can I pitch you on who could play Damian Wayne if Winston Duke is your Batman uh, playing his son? Sure. Yeah. The character of Damian Wayne, the rascal. Uh, that's not what James Gunn said. He said something not podcast friendly about the character. But yeah, who would you have? Assassin, too. You know, the, the whole thing there. Although the age doesn't line up, Matt. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'm really more so making a joke with the name. Can Damon Waynes play Damian? <laughs> oh, I, I, look, it's never too late. It's never too late. If Sigourney Weaver is playing a child in, uh, in Avatar the way of water then sure all is possible um and again pete the batman part two with robert pattinson um and that that clear dc elseworlds branding uh batman part two is going to come out october 3rd 2025 and the joker part two that's also a musical that also yeah, has lady i was gonna say let's let's not 
leave out the musical part. I mean, I saw the Joker only because somebody paid for me, my brother, uh, on his birthday to go see it. Uh, I did not off at one point in the film. Um, it's all right. It's also a little much, uh, making the sequel a musical. This is interesting choice. I'm excited for Lady Gaga's involvement though. Like, I don't know. And, and then there's the whole thing. The idea that this universe is getting rebooted. I got to wonder too, is, is that going to turn people potentially off to the Elseworlds thing? I mean, we hear it all the time with Marvel. Um, all right, the films and then, oh, I don't do the TV shows or I can't keep up or where do I enter in or whatever. You have to wonder what effect that might have. Time will tell. I mean, Joker did over a billion dollars box office. Um, the Batman that came out this past March at a point where people look, people would go to the movies in droves to see a Spider-Man, but not go in droves to see. Um, Peter, I always mention this movie, you know, to see Eternals six weeks prior. Uh, and similarly, the uh, most streamed thing uh, in the Marvel universe on Disney Plus in 2022. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe people checking it out for the first time. Um, regardless, just point being, Joker does a billion dollars. The Batman that comes out this past March, again, with kind of the some of the breaks on in terms of not everybody's rolling out to theaters, myself included for it, that did like $770 million. So both movies deserve sequels. And again, if you have this Elseworlds, brand i mean heck does because i think joker yeah joker 2 will come out before batman the batman part 2 so do you just do a do you do text on screen elseworlds another time another place like just to really make it clear to first time you know those exposed to the first time to it you know i mean both time will tell i'm glad both movies are getting sequels i'm glad that the Todd Phillips Joker movie, which by the way is one of the most Oscar nominated movies of all time, and then won, I think, for one Oscar for music. So one of the also one of the biggest disparities, you know, from yeah. nominations to win. You know, the director Todd Phillips was like, Oh, you can't do comedy anymore because people get offended and everybody's woke and you know, blah blah blah. Kind of all this stuff that certainly has turned me off to the thing I, as a whole. Time's gonna tell with that. Supergirl World of Tomorrow, Matt, initially when I heard about it, I was like, uh, but all it took was for James Gunn to explain that, that, you know, well, Superman is raised by loving parents. Kara hasn't had that. Uh, she's going to be a jaded type of character. And again, these these are the characters that he traffics in so well. This this is this is Supergirl Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, I actually checked out the uh, checked out the graphic novel, um, which, by the way, also has now you know people have scooped up. It, I checked it out on the Hoopla app connected to your local library. So um, it's a very let me put it this way: it is not an origin story. It is not I mean. 
at a certain point it flashes back to her origins but Kara out there in space helping a character it's kind of if you can imagine pete a a space set sci-fi tinged um knight and squire kind of thing they're on the path to find the baddie who has killed the 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 squire my words not not the words of the graphic novel uh has killed the squire's father and you know a Kara who is you know who, who whose powers and temper uh, are are kind of held back by her sense of responsibility and so forth it's a really it's this great cosmic action-packed story that again does not involve does not open with oh man earthquakes on krypton and things like that we can dive right on in which i think is a common theme with superman legacy as well we're not going to get he lands and then who finds him but the kents like finally there's somebody to say we're not going to always do the origin story uh and pete as somebody joked on twitter uh for the new batman stuff hopefully this is an opportunity to finally show us what what key event happened in batman's past to make him want to be batman because i don't think it's ever been shown on screen before right i i'm wondering how many different angles they'll shoot it from uh to to be able to finally capture that moment there um swamp thing's been a long gestating project to to try to bring that back and again if you know those original films and if you read any of those comics um interesting character and the the corner that in it inhabits uh like with so many on the dc and marvel sides kind of bleed into one another little bit of the man thing thing happening now that you know we've done man thing proper in werewolf by night it'll be interesting to see is the swamp thing movie pg-13 or r-rated particularly and and perhaps a weird transition but i think a salient one particularly on the heels of the huge box office success for the film megan the killer ai robot thing that was intentionally made to be a pg-13 movie so that you know younger folks could go see it and see it with permission and so forth um the box office speaks for itself i know some people kind of the takeaway is like oh man you didn't have very much you know actual murder in your murder bot movie uh, I, I haven't seen it that's just what i've that's just what i've read but point being it's worked for what it wanted to be if the swamp thing film wants to be the spookiest jumpiest pg-13 nobody gets their heads smashed like a pumpkin and there's blood and brains everywhere kind of movie that's a choice i don't know that you necessarily need to say this must be a hard r with nudity and cursing and gore you know if there, it, again it'll just be interesting to see it's all one good done that before <laughs> yeah so you know maybe you read the tea leaves and and say that the the megan pg-13 way is the way to go but then you look at the suicide squad and what just outlandish fun the beginning of that film is investing in characters that are then gone and then uh team two you're up (laughs) yeah i mean there's there's lots of potential there um and, and pete though we are focusing on the future it is worth mentioning that there are uh there are 
one, two, three, four films coming out from the old DC regime. Now, again, I would argue being overseen, you know, the, the, the final take now being overseen by Gunn and Saffron. So let's not forget that we have Shazam Fury of the Gods coming. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I saw the first Shazam in theaters, enjoyed it for what it was. It was fun. Yeah. And it was cute and uh, definitely of the more watchable, you know, our joke, my joke about those DCEU films, Murderverse, Martha, all of that. Okay. It, it definitely stepped away from that. And I think in a more comic book friendly type of way. Um, and then, you know, Gunn gets to play in that sandbox and makes the harder stuff a lot more fun to watch instead of just dour and depressing. I mean, Matt, it's raining and Batman and Superman are kicking the crap out of one another and it's really dark. Just not. And uh, Shazam hasn't really helped himself in the last couple of weeks on social media. Um, also, Pete, I just double checked the obvious typo in the notes here because there's no way Shazam Fury of the Gods comes out the same weekend as Quantum Mania, but it does. <laughs> so enjoy that meat grinder because, I mean, uh, uh, to me, that's just inconceivable. Like the number of ads I've seen for Quantum Mania, I'm now trying to avoid them to avoid spoilers, and it's on everybody's lips. And I think you know I've seen Shazam ads, but less so. Um, so okay, that's a choice. Um, uh, it it is indeed, and Zachary Levi. Yeah. Thanks. Not exactly a fan of the science, shall we say? No. Um, the Flash Flashpoint comes out June 16th. Um, I, I, again, also a troubled lead. And I'll, I don't know, we'll have to, I think everybody, I mean, look, if you don't know the trouble that Ezra Miller has been in, it's not just, you know, robbing alcohol from a neighbor's house. It's also no. No. time Some he's spent with people. and Serious, serious accusations. And listen, if they are getting help, and they are committing to that, uh, Ezra Miller, you know, non-binary. That's that's great, okay. And Hollywood loves a comeback story. That's what gets lost in all this nonsense. Or people are like, oh, we want to cancel cancel culture. I mean, like people have, particularly in entertainment, made bad choices at times, immemorial, and then some have gotten better and decided to be better and you can have these great comebacks and wow you know made some mistakes and fix that i mean i'm not looking at you at all uh robert downey jr um uh, yeah the ultimate the ultimate comeback certainly uh the blue beetle film comes out august 18th and i think a lot of uh a lot of thought there that it's you know Blue Beetle is a, it certainly is a minor character. So the notion of like, oh man, we need to do reshoots because the Blue Beetle at the table of Justice League with Cavill and Affleck, like that's not that kind of character. Right. Uh, and then the DC f- film year concludes with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. 
uh, coming out December 25th. That's a movie where if there is the Justice League roundtable scene, that's probably a situation where you go, uh, hey, we're going to do a reshoot, where instead it's Aquaman sitting at the table talking to a fish instead, or whatever it is, like there's enough time to make changes. I've even heard speculation, Pete, that it might be like, you know, perhaps some passing reference in a post-Flashpoint thing, like Aquaman saying, wait, what? what is this? What is this thing? I don't remember this. Oh, well, on to the next adventure. Um, but, you know, time will tell for all four of these films, which again, Saffron and Gunn are going to have their hands on them before they come out, but not not made under their regime. It just feels like what remains is so driven by who is in them you know ezra miller and jason momoa and then the way that people i think inappropriately so have tried to get them to drop amber heard from the second aquaman movie um you know because of their white male fragility um and that why i think it's a great decision to to have gun in as somebody who's who's gone through this himself as somebody who can reset things and thankfully too with the flash with that flashpoint storyline they have a time-honored super convenient way of resetting things so you know, maybe this is the turning of the tide, Matt, to have Gunn say that he's got the eight to 10 year plan coming from a system where they have the similar long range plan and those get adjusted. I don't know, because a uh, director gets, you know, in trouble, hot water and, and moves away and a, a film shifts back or uh, a pandemic. Well, concerning what actors are going to return like a Jason Momoa or Ezra Miller or Gal Gadot. There's this, yeah, and obviously Cavill definitely out. And then now there's going to be a new Batman alongside Battinson. Uh, there's the gun quote here. There's nothing that prohibits other actors from returning. Now, many people, Pete have said, ah, that's proof. Momoa back, Gadot back, Miller back. Let me ask you this, Pete, if you were in the doghouse and told that you could stop sleeping on the couch soon but nothing profi- nothing prohibits that from 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 ending. Is that a slam dunk? Good news. Hey, Pete, you're being welcome back. But are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. And and who there? Are you going to cherry pick that list of names? Um, do they do uh, research into? who's the the biggest best draw or who they have the best relationship with who who's just a joy on set and beloved by crews etc makes me think here Matt of like Charlie Cox right and we've been in the room with the production people from the original Daredevil show on Netflix now on Disney Plus who he was so beloved by okay oh you're not gonna have a better lead and all that so a super clear choice to you know transition from the disconnected tv side or the once connected tv side and and to bring him into that mcu 
still MCU. I, I even over there, it's slightly confusing. Um, and thank goodness too, he saved every single one of those jobs when they saved Daredevil. <laughs> uh, which of course they didn't. But Pete, speaking Before, of. Yeah. <laughs> That all this time, ah, Charlie, great guy, and he's going to go over, and he's in the Spider-Man movie, and I'll be there too. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, speaking of the Daredevil TV show on the DCU TV side, uh, I think a really interesting mix. There's going to be Creature Commandos, which is an animated series written by Gunn, uh, heroes and monsters taking on baddies. And this, Pete, is where uh where what you referenced before is is coming home to roost voiced actors will be hired for creature commandos with an eye towards the same actors being able to play some of those characters in live action so again really tightening the notion that tv you know live action tv animation film perhaps even the video games all being cohesive and i think that's a great route to commit to not just like, oh, your animation is a B team and your live action is an A team. You can do both. Now, does that hurt people that, you know, don't have the visibility, the viability to to be the live action version? It does, but we're not talking necessarily Superman here. We could be talking about other characters that break out and their fan favorites that then have the opportunity to go into the live action and, and be played by the same performer. So I, I think it's a lot of opportunity. Let alone there's live action, then there's live action. You know, Rocket Raccoon is a live action character, but I don't think Bradley Cooper has ever sniffed an MCU soundstage because it's a, you know, a digital character in live action. Um, another show coming, this will be a, an HBO Max, is Waller, which is a sidequel for Peacemaker. Uh, of course, Viola Davis returning. Uh, Gunn has said that Peacemaker Season 2 is going to be made by him, written, directed, and so forth. But with him busy uh, on other things like you know running the studio and writing and possibly directing Superman Legacy, the Waller show is going to take some of those Peacemaker characters continue the story, hold things in place uh, until Peacemaker season two. That was such a joy, the beginning of last year, to have that show. And that's coming off the Suicide Squad, which I just continue to marvel. Uh, I got it on Blu-ray for Christmas. It's been on cable. And I, I can never look away. <laughs> I can't. Every moment of that film is watchable. That series was outstanding uh the the musical credits um please do that for waller okay please have viola davis uh dancing like cena was like it all came together and that they'll be able to while they're paused on peacemaker bring some of those characters back and do that that's great and good for gun with saying, you know, that's my labor of love. I will be returning to that as he's earned the opportunity to. I was so excited about the Green Lantern anthology show. It was going to get give us some Hal Jordan, some Guy Gardner, some Alan Scott, uh, and so forth. Pete, that anthology series now completely gone. That was a Greg Berlanti joint. Uh, Greg Berlanti has no TV shows in 
in pre-production uh, with DC at this time. Um, so that's well, that. He's still got what thirty-seven active shows right now. I, I think he's doing okay. Can he, he definitely is. He definitely are, is. Are there other voices and are there other people that have an opportunity? Listen, he is a super producer, uh, just as Gun. You know, he's earned all that. But can we spread it around a little bit? Well, what's going to be spread around is the new show entitled Lanterns, uh, in which Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan, and John Stewart act as space cops on the hunt to, you know, uh, explore a larger mystery. And, and that mystery is going to be tied to uh, the overall thread of the DCU. So I think on the one hand, it's intentionally vague because, you know, kind of the Thanos's the Thanosization of the DCU, whatever that big showdown is going to be, maybe circa 2029, 20, 2030, Lanterns is starting to nip at the heels of that. So, of course, we're not going to get many details. But the fact that we get two of the most beloved Green Lanterns in Hal yes. Jordan and Jon Stewart, you know, teaming up and the idea of them in a gritty, true detective in space kind of. That's, that's where he sold me. You know, his whole video presentation is so smartly and succinctly written. Um, he gave you just what you needed. You got a little bit of art and really, really well done. You know, we gush about the Marvel stuff, but how long do those presentations go on, Matt, when Kevin Feige does them? Like, they're a little too long. And yeah, it's become their shtick and their bread and butter, but this was different enough this really hit your key ideas boom green lanterns true detective i am now in another hbo max series is going to be paradise lost uh that's the game of thrones style uh mixed with the wonder woman movies this is a show mm -hmm. that takes place on themyscira and it takes place before the wonder woman films and also gunn has said that Wonder Woman 1984 is a story conflict to the original Wonder Woman. So again, watch at yeah. Flashpoint. You know, if Gal Gadot is going to continue, watch as Flashpoint maybe erases one movie and not the other, or things like that. But um, yeah, I'm excited for Paradise Lost. Uh, seeing the women of Themyscira have Game of Thrones court intrigue, etc. Again, smart to do that and notice. You know, True Detective, Game of Thrones. You know. Uh, he's he's picking from the uh, Warner uh, largesse here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in for this as well. It'll probably be where they wind up recasting their Wonder Woman. Um, so there's that as well. But to make it a prequel, to to do it ahead, and all right, you know, uh, swords, sandals predominantly female cast uh you know it, it should be a lot of fun uh then the last show in the hopper for chapter one of gods and monsters uh, is going to be a booster gold series for hbo max uh that's about a uh a, a loser from the future who gets a future tech suit and comes back to the now so the potential that he's this big fake and so forth i think there's a lot of potential for this show i mean i'm not a huge fan of the character but i guess we're also not supposed to be a huge fan of him mm. if he is this kind of faker con man thing and again i 
I think that's a tone where I'm interested to watch that show where it's not the square jawed Superman type. It's a flawed guy. It's a guy who's full of baloney and so forth. So bring that on. And, you know, come on, look, look who's announcing it. It, It's completely out of, you know, guns, imagination and, you know, the types of characters that he has, you know, loved and made beloved. Uh, So that'll be a lot of fun. You know, every writer has struggled with imposter syndrome. So to project that through the character uh, should be really interesting and uh you know all right now who will play him you know does he bring over his adam warlock from guardians of the galaxy do they go elsewhere uh yeah can't wait for that one well i think a really exciting slate here for the future i mean potentially taking us closer than not to the end of the decade uh so an interesting journey ahead a a resurgent dcu can certainly exist with the mcu um because it's all about the characters that we care about and for once i think there's somebody who cares about there's two somebodies who care about really kind of uh curating this universe tv film video games and so forth into a an attractive combination and i think that he comes from marvel making it this less competitive more you know when both win we all win when they're both putting out great stories you know we love those characters we love clark kent superman so to see him not done as well as he could be done um i i think makes you uh you know hope that they could get it right and uh you know i have every faith in james gunn being the one to do this um I I think he's got to carefully manage it. I think he's got to be wise about he can't do it all. You know, you're, you're not a savior. He's not Superman, Matt. Okay. Um, And to wisely delegate. And again, I'm available. (laughs) Well, Pete, this, this new chapter for the DC, again, I almost said DCEU. It's going to take a while to break that habit. Uh, but this look at chapter one of Gods and Monsters has been made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. They are our Justice League, and you know what? No flashpoint is going to take them away. <laughs> Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to contribute at, but it just takes a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Uh, most recently, Matt, we had added what we would have done in an updated special edition to those original Star Wars films. So you can check that out. Got some more goodies on deck. Not going to tell you about just yet. You can find them at patreon.com slash fantastic geek with the PH, all one word. So Pete, let's keep the conversation going, whether it's Marvel Studios, the Star Trek universe, Star Wars, or now the little engine that could the DC universe. (laughs) Uh, How can people be in touch with you on an existing social media network? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K L R K E T E L A A R 12,739 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm uh, on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. 
facebook.com slash fantastic geek with a ph all one word like it today on the pop culture podcast feed we will be talking star trek picard season three a final preview next weekend and uh, of course after that uh whether it's going to see quantum mania or the picard weekly episodes looking forward to those adventures for now though pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final dcu chapter one word talk to you soon